0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Year's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm Dave Walker. I'm joined by Evan Birchfield. We're here to talk about, I don't think we can call that a <laughs> game, Evan. Um, yeah. The 43-3 to loss in Week 10 against Dallas. Uh, Dallas moves to 7-2. and two, The Falcons fall to 4-5 and five, and yet somehow are still in the playoff chase because every other team has apparently lost in the NFC. Oh, my God. How you doing, buddy?
1: Uh I'm just so <clears throat> so numb to like when the Falcons win, like the the enjoyment's minimal, but when they lose, like I just I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of nice, like post Super Bowl uh era it's been kind of like when they lose like this, like I'm not even I remember there was a time where I got really upset over losses like this. Here mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like, Well, that sucks. Like I don't
0: <laughs> I don't understand what this team's doing, but Yeah, I was a bit numb. Uh, I was a bit numb during this game. And uh, uh, yeah, maybe it goes back to the Super Bowl. Maybe it goes back to just watching this team over the last Mm -hmm. several years. But um, right now, this is not a good team. I mean, the the flip, the complete flip of the script
1: between both these teams, Yeah, you know, like last week, uh, beating the Saints like that, you know, I, I think a lot of us, We're kind of coming into this game feeling a little more confident than we've been in a while, just because, I mean, that was a game where a lot of us didn't see them beating the Saints, and they did handily, Um, even though they kind of let them back in a little bit towards the end. The Falcons proved like they were the better team that day. Against, you know, the Cowboys last week, uh, they were down 30 points to the Broncos at home. Yeah. um, And they got some junk time stats and points and stuff like that, but they were literally down 30 to zero. And now both of these teams just kind of flipped what they did the previous week. Um, (laughs) I mean, we're going to talk about stats today and stuff like that, but stats like in this game are just meaningless because of how, at least on the Falcon side of things, how things went.
0: Yeah, there's no context to these stats. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's the important thing because honestly, uh, the Falcons' first couple of drives looked really good and they just ended in unfortunate ways. The first drive ended on a dropped pass. It, was, it would have been a difficult catch for Russell Gage to make, but if he makes that, the drive is alive. And instead, they settled for a field goal. And mm-hmm. then the second drive was, uh, you know, it, they had some success, and then they opted to go for it on fourth and seven. They had some drops again. And, you know, that's sort, that's sort of what we saw in this game is they, they looked good early. Um, Patterson, Pitts were both getting a lot of run early in this game. Uh, and then it fell off, and it fell off bad, and they fell behind. And, and this is the thing, I think, right now with this Falcons team. They cannot uh, overcome a large deficit. They, uh, they don't have enough talent uh, in receiving weapons right now um, between it's, – it's really just Pitts and uh, Patterson uh, as receivers. Mm-hmm. And on defense, they can't – you can't trust them. Like this is especially and, and to be fair, Dallas probably has one of the best offenses in the league. You and I talked right. about that. In yeah, on the preview, preview not
1: to not to toot my own horn, but I literally said I think this is the best offense they'll face all year on paper. Yeah, it's just whether or not they get it on the field, and I
0: think today we saw what happens when they get it on the field. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so give us some of the stats of what the Falcons' offense, <laughs> whatever they did uh, right. during this game, because it, it was ugly. Yeah. So Matt
1: Ryan had one of his worst days, um, nine, uh, nine receptions, nine completions on 21 targets, 117, um, yards and then two interceptions, no touchdowns, passer rating of 21.4 off the top of my head. I think that's the worst he's had this year. It was just ugly across the board. But, um, and then Josh Rosen went one for six. If you're like, wait a second, why is Josh Rosen in there? Um, they benched Matt Ryan at the end of the third quarter, not, because of how awful he was playing um but because they threw the towel in that that early um yeah. and rosen had one interception a pass rating of literally zero um everyone who wanted to see wayne gallman got their wish today uh, five, uh 15 carries led the day 15 carries 55 yards along with 17 uh cordero patterson four carries for 25 yards Mike Davis, four carries, 18 yards. So we kind of still saw the Patterson Davis split that we keep seeing every week. Um, Patterson did leave the game for a little bit. It looked like they were taping up his ankle, but I mean, after, after seeing that, um, he was minimal in the offense, um, through the air, he had one catch for 14 yards and then Kyle Pitts led the receiver, you know, receiving game four receptions, 60 yards, um, Kind of the, similar to last week where Pitts came out looking good and then just kind of disappeared throughout the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, I don't know why that keeps happening, but it's like the first quarter, you notice him a lot, and then just they just shy away from him or maybe the defense adjusts and just targets him. Llamide um, Zacchaeus, two receptions, 22 yards. But everybody else, you know, Tajay Sharp, one catch for zero yards. like. <laughs> 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 oh, that oh, stat gauge game right there. Gage, three targets, zero receptions.
0: Yeah. That's and a fun one. Yeah. When I had uh, Mike Rothstein on the podcast this week, I asked him who was one of the most disappointing, disappointing players on offense through the first eight games, and he pointed out Russell Gage. And, you know, I, yeah. I, I said Hayden Hurst, who was didn't even get targeted in this game uh, as well. But I, I think he has a point. You know, Gage essentially is wide receiver one right now with Calvin Ridley out. And uh, last week he did okay, but again today three targets, no catches. Um, again, that that first catch, that first drive would have been a very difficult one. But you expect good receivers to make that kind of catch. You know, you get hit hard. You you, you got to hold on to that ball. Sorry, mm-hmm. um, and. You know, I got a lot of grief from people saying, oh, you need to blame Matt Ryan. Um, You need to call out when he has a bad game. And look, like, he did. He, You know, statistically, it was bad. Um, I think in context, it wasn't as bad as the stats show because there were several drops um, that killed drives early on, including the gauge one. Mike Davis had one a little bit later. By the time uh, Ryan started throwing the interceptions, the game was already; they were down mm-hmm. by 30 points. So, um, his offensive line let him down. He was sacked two times uh, in this game and pressured pretty consistently. And that was without Randy Gregory. And I thought that you know the Falcons' offensive line would be able to hold up, and they just did not. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think that is also that's sort of the story with this offense. If if Matt Ryan has time in the pocket, um, then they have the ability. Uh, to win the win games and, and and score a lot. But when Matt mm-hmm. Ryan is under constant pressure, he's just, it's, it's not his game. It's not and, who he is. And
1: it's worth looking at, like, as you were talking about, like Russell
0: Gage being
1: uh Roth most disappointing player. In my opinion, Gage is ideally your wide receiver three on right. a good team. Yeah. Um, he shouldn't be wide, technically wide receiver one out coming out of the, out of halftime where the game was, you know, out of reach, but they still technically could have tried. Um, there was a point where it was third and two and literally no, they had the quote unquote receivers spread out wide and there was literally no wide receivers on the field. That's how awful the depth is at receiver. It was Kyle Pitts, Keith Smith, Mike Davis, uh, Parker Hesse. And who else? Um, It was like one of the, Oh uh, (laughs) yeah. It was like, uh, who's, who's the other tight end?
0: Uh, Oh my god. We only had three active. So there's Parker Hesse, Hayden Hurst, and Copy. Hayden Pitts. Hurst, that's what it was. Oh. Hayden Hurst.
1: So it was it was fi- there were five players. You would have assumed one would be a receiver on a third and two where they're passing. But yeah, it was no receivers on the field. And you know, Ryan threw it to Mike Davis, who was wide open, just dropped it. But um that I mean, not to cover for Matt Ryan here, but I mean that's what he's working with at this point. Um, there's just through the air, you know, with Ridley being sidelined, I would have liked to see, and I don't think this is hindsight. I was talking about it before um, they kind of played games with Ridley, knowing he wasn't going to be playing. It's like they really didn't bring in any receivers. Um, Sure, Marvin Hall, I guess. But if you think that's going to make a whole lot of change here, you're kidding yourself. (laughs) Uh, Ryan's got Pitts, and then just a bunch of guys who – along towards the end of the depth chart or on the practice squad.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'll that's put it harshly,
1: but I mean, they just aren't good receivers. Like no, the KSI like, but he shouldn't be your number one tar- targeted wide receiver. Yeah. He just shouldn't be yeah. on a good team. He's not, go- you know, he's not going to have that many targets, but that's what Matt Ryan's working with. So he's going to have games like this where if Patterson and Pitts aren't dominating, it's,
0: you know, yeah, and, and you know, I, I saw some people saying, "Oh, we well, should be throwing to Pitts in those situations." Well, you, you think the defense doesn't know that? You right. think Dan, Dan Quinn doesn't know that Ryan wants to target Pitts and Patterson? Uh, you know, throughout the game, it, he absolutely does. Um, and early on, I, I think it was a matter of you know, Dan Quinn put um, Trayvon Diggs on on Pitts, and Pitts beat him uh, a couple times. And he probably said, okay, that's not working. Clearly, we have to bracket Pitts in order to uh, have some success against him. And I think that's part of what happened. Is Right now, when teams sell out to stop Kyle Pitts and they sell out to stop cordero Patterson, if they've got the talent to do it, um, the Falcons just don't have any really good options after those guys. Yeah. Um, I think getting Calvin Ridley back at some point during the season would be a boon to the offense because it puts – one more very capable weapon on the field. But right now, yeah, it is just Kyle Pitts and Patterson, and you cannot – I don't care how good your scheme is. I don't care how good your offensive line is. I don't care how good your quarterback is. You cannot run a functional offense with only two meaningful weapons. It just just does not work in the NFL. You need to have at least three guys that you could turn to because you need to be able to take – those safeties and um, get get mismatches. And the Falcons right now can't do that. Um, And this is the consequence of that. So I had some people ask me, well, who who do you blame this game on? Um, I blame this game on Thomas Dimitrov. Um, The depth in this team is sorely lacking because of cap issues, because of drafting issues. And, uh, you know, Smith and Fontenot had – just this one draft to try to start getting things back on track right now, they're mostly playing with a Dimitrov roster and, you know, the team can't do anything about what's going on with Calvin Ridley. Just, you know, we're not touching that subject, but pretend that he is injured. It's the same situation like that. And right now they're just not getting it done. And, you know, to be blunt, um, Arthur Smith uh, did not call a good game. Uh, I think he, he made some mistakes in this game. Uh, but honestly, we were just Evan. They were just outclassed, man. The Cowboys are just yeah. They're the Cowboys are a legitimate contender for the Super Bowl, and the Falcons simply are not. That, to, in my mind, that is the ultimate conclusion from this: is the Falcons don't belong in a playoff conversation, and the Cowboys do. And this is yeah. the difference between those two teams. I mean, it was it
1: was a get right game, just like a textbook get right game. Yep. And I, I mentioned it in the in the Apollo group chat that the NFL needs to stop trying to expand the playoffs because you don't need to see teams like the Falcons being a seven seed, right? I don't know what they're, they're at now, but they're at least still quote unquote in the hunt for the yep. playoffs. And they shouldn't be, um, I, I you don't want to see this game on <laughs> national TV. Um, and you know, these are just two different franchises that are in a different direction. Cowboys are win now, could, you know, should definitely make some noise, um, come January into February, maybe, um, Falcons, there's a ton of holes, um, you know, some, some weeks they get lucky, but like last week, but I mean, when you lose three to 43, that's the thing is like, there's only so long we can, you know, you can blame a lot of people, but if you want to look at defensive side of things and cover for Dean and say, oh, well, Falcons just don't have a lot on defense. Yeah, but three to 43. um, And I know one of them was a special teams touchdown, Mm -hmm. but like you shouldn't be losing that badly. This was basically a game where the Cowboys wanted a shootout and the Falcons just weren't built for that. And 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 having Patterson
0: injured didn't help. So that score was the score at the beginning of the fourth quarter, essentially. Right. Um, Cowboys put their backups in. Uh, with like 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. And that was the score, and it finished at that point. As a matter of fact, I finished the game summary about three minutes before the game actually ended because it was clear it was going to end at (laughs) 43-3 with the way things were going. So, all right, uh, we've talked about the offense. We'll talk about what Cowboys' offense did to our defense. Uh, But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
1: Just go to cars.com. It's magical.
0: And we're back on the Falcoholic podcast. This is Dave Walker. I'm joined by Evan Birchfield. We're recapping the Falcons drubbing by the Cowboys, 43 to three in week 10 in Dallas, Dallas moves to seven and two Falcons fall to four and five. Um, just to clarify, they are still in the playoff hunt, but if Carolina wins as as of the time we're recording this, they're up fourteen to nothing on Arizona. If Carolina wins, they do move ahead of the Falcons for that seventh seed. And honestly, I'm fine with that. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, Evan, tell us what the Cowboys did on the offense, and I feel like this is going to take an hour because they have yeah. so many guys that contributed <laughs> right if you're If you're driving, pull
1: over, get comfy. If you're sitting at home, <laughs> grab some popcorn. Um, the the Cowboys offense just dominated. Um, Dak Prescott, 24 on 31 attempts, 296 yards, two touchdowns, pass rating 127.9. Um, Tony Pollard on the ground, 11 carries for 42 yards. Ezekiel Elliott, 14 carries for 41 yards and two touchdowns. Oh, and Dak had a rushing touchdown. Um, through the air, C.D. Lamb um, knew he was good, but he, you know, whoever – we knew going into this game, whoever Terrell was covering, it was either going to be Lamb, Gallup, or Cooper. Who? Um, yeah, Cooper. Um, we knew one of them was going to go off because Terrell usually oh, yeah. locks down whatever receiver he's on. So, it, you know, for the most part, it was Cooper. He only had four catches for 51 yards, and one of the plays came when uh, Terrell was forced to leave the game by the referee. Um I'm not exactly sure what the update on that is, but it looked like they were looking at him in the tent, but CD lamb finished with six receptions, 94 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Avery Williams was on him, uh, for maybe both of those touchdowns. I know definitely one, um, that was quite the mismatch. Uh, Pollard through the air had six receptions, uh, 56 yards Gallup, who came back from IR for the Cowboys, three receptions, 42 yards. Um, yeah, it was. It, it, just to sum it up, it was just embarrassing. Um, <laughs> it seemed like anytime there was a fourth down, uh, the Cowboys were going for it because they they did not respect this Falcons defense at all, and I don't nope. blame them one bit. Um, there was one point in the game where it was fourth and two for the Cowboys, and they were up thirty three points and went for it. Yeah. Um, they did not give a shit about this Falcons defense, and again, I don't <laughs> blame them. Um, but they knew it was it was essentially if you've played any of the Madden video games. It was like playing your baby brother who's like two years old, like just going for it because, you know, he he don't know what he's doing. And it worked the entire game. Um, Cooper Rush ended up coming in and he went three for three, of course, uh, for 17 yards. And uh, Zeke had a throw uh, for four yards. I mean, apparently anybody, you could have brought in a janitor or somebody in the stands. And they could have threw the ball and had it be completed. So uh, I'm just – I get burnt out on this Falcons defense like many folks. Um, And, you know, Dean Peas will probably in the press conferences this week take it out on the reporters, which is unfair. But they're there to ask the important questions. And this defense just was not ready. Um, It's embarrassing. Uh, I, You know, I can understand if Falcons defense at least showed like they had some effort. It was pathetic across the board.
0: Yeah. Um, And honestly – I do feel like the the two guys we know um, are good on defense. Greg yeah, Jarrett. Grady Jarrett. He's like the, him and Terrell are like the only ones who get a free pass they're, every week because they're exactly um, Grady. Early on, was dominant and yeah. um, AJ Terrell. Uh, when they targeted him, he was allowing very few yards per catch. Um, and eventually, they just start. They just moved on to targeting Moreau and Avery Williams and Richie Grant. Uh, instead of going after Terrell, I think he got targeted three or four times and he allowed just you know a minimal amount of yards. So Terrell is still doing his job. I thought he had a good game. I had some fans asking me on Twitter, you know, hey, is Terrell getting burnt? I'm like, no, it's he Monroe. can't cover three different receivers. Exactly. It could be number ones on any other team. Yeah. And, and that's <laughs> that's the thing. I mean, what you just said is is exactly right. Um, CD Lamb, uh, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup. All capable receivers, um, very good receivers. And we talked about it when we previewed the game. Like, this is a really talented Cowboys offense. This was not a surprise to those of us who are looking at these teams thinking, oh man, the Falcons have to get into a, a, a shootout in order to win this game. Um, and when you get into a shootout, you can't drop passes, you can't allow sacks, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's ultimately I think what undid this game um, and if you stay in a shootout and, and you're going back and forth, um, you know, you can still run the ball effectively. And, and, but once you are behind uh, and you've got on the other side, a Dak Prescott that is just slinging the ball perfectly, it's, you can't get behind and that's just who this Falcons team is right now. Um, they are not, they're not in a position defensively to keep this team in games. Uh, the only way that the Falcons are going to stay in games uh, against as good of a team like the Cowboys is they have to be 100% perfect on offense and they weren't. Uh, and you know that to me is the, the ultimate story. You know this defense is what it is. It's two guys and you know if, if you look at even like guys like Deion Jones and Foyer Lukin, right now they're not getting it done either. Um, it, really, to me, it is truly just Grady Jarrett. AJ Terrell, if you told me that the Falcons spend all of their draft picks next year on the defense, I wouldn't bat an eye. Like, go ahead. Spend it on every single every single pick on defense, whether it's another corner, uh, safeties, defensive line. Uh, just spend as much as you can on the defense going forward because, to me, that is the biggest liability right now. Um, you know, this, this defense, they allow – as you said you know one of the touchdowns was special teams uh, with the block punt but still um, I, I think we they allowed uh, you know what's 43 minus seven uh, 36 they mm-hmm. allowed 36 points in basically three quarters so, <laughs> yeah
1: like well in 37 uh, minutes and 41 seconds of uh, <clears throat> time of possession for the Cowboys like they couldn't get them off the field
0: yeah yeah um, this is a Let's just be honest. It's a bad Falcons <laughs> team right now. Um, I, I don't think they're the worst team in the league. Um, I, I, that is reserved for teams like the Lions. <laughs> um, <laughs> Who's currently in overtime about right, to with Pittsburgh. beat <laughs> Oh, it's my goodness. Um, Yeah, that's reserved for the Lions. But the thing is, um, I think the league is top-heavy. You have a lot of teams like Dallas, um, like Arizona, even though they're behind right now is the point, of, point in time we're recording this, who are dominant. And then you have a lot of teams that are sort of just mediocre. I think the Falcons fit in that mediocre category right now. They do have four wins, and they've beat some bad teams like the Jets and the Giants. Um, and I think if you look at this as a, as a season-long picture, the Falcons are probably still going to finish somewhere around seven to eight wins um, yeah they've got you know still some games against some bad teams coming up uh, this is obviously this resets expectations again even after the Saints win um, but in my mind it's still the same team it's just that the Cowboys are the absolute best team that they faced this year and mm-hmm. they got they got punched in the face which is what is happening in today's NFL with these top heavy teams. Um, So, Evan, I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but I'm not entirely surprised, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, like we did on the preview, um, we talked up the Cowboys. You know, it's easy to look back at last week. Um, That's, you know, a game where Dak Prescott did not look himself uh, himself coming off an injury still. Um, And then, you know, this Cowboys team could have easily been undefeated if they didn't lose last week. And then week one at Tampa on Thursday night to kick off the season, they barely yeah. lost to the Buccaneers. Yep. It wasn't like they got, you know, destroyed by the Buccaneers. Uh, there, there was a, a penalty or a, 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 you know, not called penalty that easily could have flipped the game for the Cowboys to win in that game. And they could have been undefeated. This, you know, it was only a matter of time for the Cowboys to wake up and kind of realize who they can be. And I think this is that type of game. They, they, you know, on defense, it's worth noting Randy Gregory, who was uh, one of their better pass rushers is on IR. He didn't get to play in this game. And then uh, DeMarcus Lawrence obviously um, wasn't in this game. Um, It's a tough team. If they play like this, you know, against every opponent going forward, uh, Cowboys might not lose the game again. Um, They're definitely going to playoffs because their division's not great. Um, So it is what it is on their side. But you know in this kind of game i didn't expect the the falcons to beat the cowboys by any means but i thought maybe they'd be a little more competitive which i just didn't see um <laughs> it's you know i i don't know how to add anything to the falcons side of things to make it seem a little more optimistic but this is just an ugly ugly loss um one of the ugliest i've seen in quite some time just yeah. saying a whole lot so, yeah, I mean, good thing is um, we got a, a, a cakewalk next week. Um, oh, wait, we're going into Thursday night football on national TV against one of the greatest <laughs> coaches in NFL history, <laughs> um, who's no doubt going to, you know, he know he's aware of this team, but he's no doubt going to take out Kyle Pitts because that, that's what the Patriots do. Um, not to look ahead too much. We'll preview that game probably on, what, Wednesday or Tuesday. Um but that's what Bill Belichick does is he takes your best players and he makes them, you know, you, you have to win the game with somebody else. That's what he does. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, uh, it's going to be a long Monday. I tell you what, buddy, it's just, (laughs) I'm, I'm tired. Like I just even thinking about this team.
0: Oh man. When you
1: throw the flag, you, you towel in, in the third quarter, which is, in my opinion, the earliest I've ever seen them like literally do it. I know we joked around like they quit in the third quarter, but literally bench Matt Ryan <laughs> in the third quarter. You you know it's ugly. Um, yeah,
0: it's the worst Falcons loss since two thousand four by point differential. So yeah. that tells you how bad this game was. Yeah, um, I was
1: fourteen years old. D W.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, buddy. Thanks for yeah. that, for aging me instantly on the podcast. Possibly, to possibly 13, depending on when this happened, but yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know, guys. Uh, New England today, they won uh, 45 Oh, I know. They destroyed. Um, Cleveland. Uh. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. It, short week. We've got a Thursday night game. Uh, we will be back on this podcast to preview yeah. this game to look at those matchups against New England. Um, but for now, uh, it's one game. It counts as one loss. The Falcons still are four and five. It is not over yet. Uh, obviously, things feel terrible after a game like this, right? So uh, let's see what the coaching staff does, how they respond. Uh, and what happens on Thursday night, like you said, in front of a national audience? God help Oh, just us to
1: make it worse, the Falcons are wearing the throwback jerseys where they always suck for some reason. Even
0: though they're beautiful jerseys, <laughs>
1: they are garbage in them every time they use them. So, yeah.
0: And this is why God created alcohol. All right, on that note, Evan, remind our listeners where they can find you, what you've got going on. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Evan Birchfield, um, everything at
1: thefalcolic.com. I mean, injury reports and stuff like that throughout the week. Um, Yeah, I'm going to relax the rest of this evening. (laughs) (laughs) They're mentally exhausting, Christine.
0: Oh, and just to think, yesterday I. Went to a Georgia, Georgia Tech football game uh, willingly and watched them lose. Um, such is the story of my life.
1: You love punishment, though.
0: I do. I, this is this is my lot in life. I'm, yeah. I'm beginning to just accept it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> As for you guys, you can follow me on Twitter at FalcoholicDW. Updates for this podcast at FalcoholicPod. And, of course, our articles daily at Falcoholic.com. So for Evan Birchfield, this is David Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. I'll talk with you next time.